You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. You can find the full article and all of the resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash precipitous, which is P-R-E-C-I-P-I-T-O-U-S. This episode is going live on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads-to-be, and I'm sending lots of love out to all of the dads and partners and parents who are working really hard to learn about pregnancy and birth. I want to thank Blue Blocks for their support of this episode. You can save 15% off the Blue Blocks blue light blocking glasses with the promo code PREGNANCY. These have been a game changer for my sleep. Your exposure to blue light can have a big impact on your fertility, your pregnancy, and your overall health. And while there's a lot of things that you can do to reduce the amount of blue light that you're exposed to after the sun sets, the easiest way to block out 100% of the blue light that can negatively impact your sleep is to wear blue light blocking glasses. And I love the ones from Blue Blocks because they are proven to block a specific spectrum of light, which is the range that you need to block for better sleep. And a lot of other brands don't do that. Now, you know, sleep is so important during your pregnancy. What you may not know is that your sleep and your circadian rhythms drive your hormones. So your blue light exposure can affect hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and prolactin. These are very important when you are pregnant or if you are trying to get pregnant. Blue light can even affect testosterone in men, which can affect sperm quality and quantity of sperm. I'm a huge fan of the Blue Blocks glasses. They look good. They're really comfortable. And just wearing these a few hours before bed is going to help improve your sleep and help optimize hormone production for those essential hormones for your health and the health of your baby. You can save 15% with the promo code PREGNANCY. And to check those out, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash glasses. I also want to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. Right now, you can save 20% off the Zoller Prenatal Plus DHA. I always have the most recent promo code for the vitamin at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash vitamin. This episode, we are talking about precipitous labor. So it's really common to have this vision of what you imagine your birth going like. And we get these ideas from everything that we're learning and podcasts we're listening to, but also from stories from friends and movies and TV shows. And I know that you're spending a lot of time learning about labor and birth and planning for that big day when you're finally going to get to meet your baby. But there's always the possibility that your birth does not go as planned because of circumstances that are out of your control. And it can cause anxiety for your birth to go a completely different route than you were expecting. So I want to do my best to educate you about some of the possibilities just so that if you do encounter it, you're not going to be caught off guard and you're going to have a better idea of what to expect. And that's what we're doing in this episode today, talking about precipitous labor and birth. You can think of this as kind of emergency planning, just in case you end up with a very short and fast labor and birth. 
there's a big range on how long your labor can last. So typically a normal labor, I don't like calling it normal, but typically for a first time mom, it's going to be between three and 30 hours. That's a huge range. I know less than three hours is considered precipitous. And then more than 30 hours is considered prolonged. And for moms who are not having their first baby, labor tends to be shorter. So if this is your second, third or more baby, your labor is going to tend to fall between three and 15 hours. And in that case, more than 15 hours is considered prolonged. A review of 37 studies that included over 200,000 women gives us a lot more data on the duration of labor. So for first-time moms, there was a median duration of between 3.7 to 5.9 hours, and that was when they measured starting from 4 centimeters. When they looked at it measuring from 5 centimeters, it was 3.8 to 4.3 hours. And then the second stage, which is the pushing stage, the median for that was between 14 to 66 minutes for first-time moms, and it was a lot shorter for second-time moms, between 6 to 12 minutes. A systematic review that included 18 studies looked at the duration of active labor in low-risk women. These studies measured active labor from somewhere between 3 to 5 centimeters. It varied depending on the study they were looking at and the average was six hours. It's one thing to measure labor in a clinical setting when you're using measurements taken from a vaginal exam. It's another thing for an individual to subjectively measure the length of their birth. In my first birth, I started contractions around 7 p.m., but my son wasn't born until about 1 p.m. the following day. I could consider this an 18-hour labor, but I really tend to think of it more as about 11 hours. And that's because I'm going to start the clock from when I couldn't sleep anymore and it was becoming a lot more challenging to manage those contractions. But it's just personal opinion that's always going to be subjective. Your labor and birth are going to be a unique experience and how you experience pain or the discomfort of contractions, how you measure your time in labor is going to be subjective. And there's no way to know how long your labor is going to be. If this is not your first birth, then you can look at your previous births to give you some clues as to what to expect. Subsequent births do tend to be shorter. And even if this is not your first baby, Every labor and birth experience for you are still going to be different, not just in the length of time, but also in how you experience it. We talked on the podcast about prodromal labor, and that involves contractions that can stop and start before your actual labor starts. And it can be tricky to tell the difference between prodromal labor and actual labor because contractions can have a regular pattern that they can start and stop at the same time each day. And this can last for days or weeks before you go into labor. And for someone experiencing prodromal labor, it can feel like you are in labor for days or weeks. We know that labor can be really long, but it can also be very fast. And precipitous labor is most commonly defined as a birth within three hours from the start of regular contractions. Some references count it as a birth under five hours. Either way, we're talking about a very quick labor, much shorter than your average or typical birth. And it might seem like a blessing to have a short birth, 
but there are also some risks and some downsides to this. So the goal of learning about precipitous labor is that if you were to encounter this, you're going to know what it is. So being educated is going to help empower you because you can be more confident going into a situation where you kind of have a little bit of a handle on it. On the other hand, you could feel like you are really just out of control when you are forced to be in a situation with a lot of unknowns and uncertainty. So hopefully we'll avoid that with this episode today. There's a few theories as to why some mothers have a precipitous labor, and it could be from one of these or a combination of multiple of them. The first is that there is low resistance in the birth canal, which just makes that the time your baby is traveling through there a lot shorter. A fast labor could also be due to abnormally strong contractions. And lastly, there's a theory that this happens because there are not painful contractions in the earlier part of labor. So think back to when we're talking about when you would start the onset of labor. If you're in labor, but you're not really in any pain or discomfort, things could be progressing more quickly than you realize. And in this case, by the time that you're having really strong contractions, you could be really close to actually meeting your baby, which is going to make your experience of labor very short. In a study in Japan that included over 11,000 births, they found that 14.3% were precipitous deliveries. That's a much higher rate than we tend to see in other studies. The authors noted that the high incidence in this study could be attributed to the different definitions and the diagnosis of regular contractions. This is a problem we run into all the time with research is that there is not consistent definitions across all studies. So it can be a little bit difficult to nail down start of labor when you have a lot of different researchers defining that differently. Precipitous labor was less common for first-time mothers. That had an incidence of 6.9%, and it was much higher for mothers not having their first baby. It was 21.5%. And if you are checking out these links and reading through some of the research, the technical term for a first-time mother, someone who's having their first baby, is nulliparis. And then Paris refers to their second, third, fourth baby, someone that's already had a baby in the past. One thing this study noted for anyone that's afraid of having a very long prolonged labor, this study found that for first time mothers, only one half of a percent had a prolonged labor. And for the women in the study that had those precipitate deliveries, they were more likely to be younger. It was more common in teens. They were more common to be at a lower gestational age of delivery, not use oxytocin, and have a baby with a lower birth rate, and also have hypertensive disorders. The good news is that they found no significant differences between the two groups regarding maternal or neonatal complications. So the outcomes of the births, even though with these precipitate deliveries were really fast, mom and baby were still healthy afterwards. While the prospect of a short labor can be very enticing, it sounds like a good thing, right? It does come with some risks. There are reasons why birth is a long process. When you have time in between your contractions, that's going to give you some time to rest in between managing the pain of those contractions. In a short labor, you may suddenly find yourself with very closely spaced contractions where you're not getting that break. A longer duration of birth also gives your vagina and your perineum time to stretch, which can help prevent tearing. 
in a precipitous birth, you could be at a higher risk for tearing or having a laceration to your vagina, your perineum, which obviously can be very uncomfortable. That can also increase your recovery and your healing time after birth. Someone who goes through a very short labor can also be at an increased risk for postpartum hemorrhage or placental abruption. Precipitous labor is characterized by really strong contractions, and that can lead to uterine atony after birth. Basically, the muscles in your uterus are working very hard during labor and birth, but you still need strength in those muscles after your baby's born for the third stage of labor. That's when you birth the placenta. Uterine atony happens when those muscles do not contract after birth, and that's needed to prevent postpartum hemorrhage because those contractions are going to help close off the blood vessels that are exposed after your placenta detaches from your uterine wall. In addition to risks to the mother, there's also the possibility that a baby born in a precipitous labor is at a higher risk for shoulder dystocia. That's when a baby's shoulder gets stuck during birth. Most of the time that can be resolved, but there is a risk for injury to both mom and baby when that happens. There's also a risk that a baby born very quickly has aspiration of amniotic fluid. And while it's rare, a precipitous birth may increase risk for intracranial hemorrhage in a baby. One risk that we have to address when talking about a very fast labor is what happens if you don't make it to the hospital or the birth center, or if you end up having an unplanned home birth. One thing you'll read a lot online if you research this is that a precipitous labor comes with a risk of a baby being born in a non-sterile environment. And if your labor progresses really quickly, it's possible that you don't make it to a hospital. But keep in mind, a lot of babies are born in settings that are not sterile. Also remember, your vagina is not a sterile environment. So I know having a baby in your car on the way to the hospital is not ideal, but I would be the least worried about the environment being sterile. Not making it to a hospital might be more of a concern if you live far away, if your labor's progressing really quickly, and you feel like you need to go to the hospital right away, even if it's just been a very short time that you've been having contractions, trust your gut. Call your doctor or midwife, let them know you're coming in, or if you're planning a home birth, let them know that they need to come to you. While there are a very small number of people who do end up having a baby at home when they didn't plan for it, the vast majority of those mothers and babies are perfectly healthy. On the bright side, if you don't make it to a birth center or a hospital or have an unplanned home birth, it's going to make for a great birth story. And you can always call 911 and have emergency responders there to help you. If you really end up in an emergency situation and you can't make it to see your doctor or midwife or they can't make it to you in time. One other downside to having a precipitous labor is it's possible that you're not going to get pain medication. If you're planning to have an epidural, I get that this may sound like a worst case scenario to you right now. My goal is not to scare you, but I do want to give you a heads up just in the event that you end up in this situation. If you find yourself having a really fast labor and you want pain medication, please advocate for that. Let your doctor or midwife know when you are on your way to the hospital. Hopefully they can line up an anesthesiologist and help do everything that they can to get that to you. 
I'm sure that they will be doing their best to make sure that you do get pain medication if you want it. On the upside, if you are unable to get pain medication, these births do go quickly. I know that may not be a huge consolation if pain medication is a big part of your birth plan. And just a heads up, there is a possibility that you do not have time to get an epidural. The last thing I want to talk about is emotional processing of your birth. A big outcome that's often not accounted for in research is your emotional well-being and your satisfaction with your birth. Having a very rapid labor can really leave you feeling overwhelmed and like everything just progressed so quickly that it was out of your control. And how you reflect on your labor and birth is really important and it should be given attention. It can take time to process everything that happened after the fact, especially if you had a whirlwind experience. It can be helpful to kind of debrief with your doctor or midwife to talk about what happened, to have an opportunity to ask questions and to get things answered that maybe you didn't understand how things were unfolding at the time or you had questions about what went on. We all experience birth differently and we process our experience of it in our own way. And it can be upsetting to reflect back on a birth that didn't go as planned. And it's okay to be upset. If you are having a difficult time processing it, or you think that you may be experiencing some baby blues or some postpartum depression, please, please bring it up with your doctor or midwife and talk to someone about it. Postpartum depression is much more common than you would think. I have a past episode on that that I'll link to. It affects so many new mothers. And this is something I promise if you're going through it, you are not alone. And please do seek out some help from your doctor or midwife. To recap today's episode, we talked about a precipitous labor and birth, which is a birth that happens under three hours, which is really fast. And that may sound amazing. There are also some risks and downsides. So we talked about those and talked about some things to keep in mind if you were in this situation so that you can be a little bit more prepared. I want to thank you for tuning into the Pregnancy Podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can read the full article and see all of the resources and studies that accompany this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash precipitous. And that's P-R-E-C-I-P-I-T-O-U-S. And thank you again to Blue Blocks for their support of this episode. You can save 15% off blue light blocking glasses with the promo code PREGNANCY. Blue light affects hormones like estrogen, progesterone, prolactin, all so important for fertility and during pregnancy. To check out the glasses, you want to go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash glasses and save 15% with the promo code PREGNANCY. PREGNANCY. 